everybody, welcome back to Draco's Den. And today is a big day uh, for the black community, for America. And I'm going to speak on it. And I don't consider this a political issue because this is an issue that affects my everyday life. So why not talk about it? In case you don't know what I'm referring to, I'm referring to the murder of George Floyd, uh, the officer Derek Chauvin was on trial and the verdict was actually released today. And I feel that as a black man in America, you know, I should speak on this a little bit because this verdict affects me in, in a multitude of different ways as a black male, as a parent this who is raising or helping to raise three different black men. You know, this is a big day for us to get a guilty verdict. And I'm going to start off by saying I know that there is a lot more to go. There's a lot more that needs to be done. This clearly isn't a be-all, end-all. And, you know, we, we realize there's more work to be done. We know this, but we have to at least take this moment of celebration because in every other case, we didn't get this. We didn't get this with Breonna Taylor. We didn't get this with Sandra Bland. We didn't get this with um, Trayvon Martin. We didn't get this with Mike Brown. We didn't get this with any of those high profile cases nor the majority of the less high-profile cases that have been happening throughout our history here. So we have this, we have to take this moment to celebrate because it's something that we're used to not getting. And many of my foreign listeners that I speak with probably don't fully understand why we would say that because maybe it doesn't work that way there or maybe you just have a bit of privilege and you haven't noticed that it happens but which you know which category you fall in and if you don't know you probably fall in the latter um but you know I, I do get questions sometimes on things that go on over here offline and some and I'll answer them normally on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but I just wanted to kind of get my thoughts out there on this particular situation, how this affects me personally. And I took time to reflect on it. So I've given myself an hour or so to kind of soak it in, kind of gather myself a little bit. But we know that my podcasts are always conversational, and the way that I talk on here is the way that I talk in real life. So, take that as you will. But, you know, for what this means for us, for once, and I know we haven't reached the sentencing, but just the word guilty. And not only was he guilty on one count, he was guilty on all three counts. And that just gave us a collective sigh of relief. You know, I hear others around, you know, actually, you know, shedding tears because this is not something we ever expect to get. Every time that we see a black person gunned down by police, we expect them to get nothing more than a slap on the wrist. 
We expect to find them, yeah, they might move on from the police jurisdiction that they were in before. So they might move from one city to another or one county to another, but we're used to seeing them get to keep their jobs and keep their pension and keep their freedom and never be held accountable for what they did. So to finally get a verdict where this white man was held accountable was gratifying for for all of us and for myself especially. I am a black male in America and I don't know anything but fear when I really get down to the heart of it. I don't understand the idea of you know just being able to go out in society and not be scared of something like cops have always scared me i've been racially profiled my son has been racially profiled this is what we're used to so there's always an underlying fear in everything that we do we don't like seeing the red and blue lights flash behind us not just because we can't afford this ticket that we're about to get if that's what it's for, but because we may not make it home from this this interaction. We are so often, there's this idea that everybody of the same race looks alike, apparently. So we get profiled based on a very narrow decision that very rarely matches us. You know, I remember, you know, in college, um, you know, in St. Louis, being stopped repeatedly walking outside of my dorm and I didn't even match the description of the person they were looking for. Back then, I was, you know, 5'9 still, but I was about 120 pounds, maybe 130. And they're looking for somebody that's 6'2 and 200 pounds. Clearly, I didn't match that description, you assholes. But that's a fact of, uh, of life for me growing up here in America and it happened on more than one occasion sometimes it was somebody that they said stole something on the Metrolink they were breaking into cars uh, one time it was a, a fucking suspected rapist and again I, I get held I get detained I have to stand there it's hot and all I was doing was walking around the campus that I fucking paid to go to and that's just a little bit into our lives you know I've been stopped solely in a car just because there were three black people in the car and I was driving. And the reason we knew we were racially profiled is because the officer had to ask us where we were coming from in order to write it on the damn ticket. The ticket showed the street name that we turned off of, but he pulled us over four blocks up the street. We were stopped because we were black riding through a county of St. Louis, specifically Berkeley. And that's what we're used to. And then in recent years, it's just the fear that every time I see a cop that, well, might not make it home this time. I have kids who, even though they're no longer here with me physically, you know, do still count on me as their dad for advice and for apparently a whole lot of other shit, clothes, uh, attention, all of that. And there's always that innate fear that... I won't make it home to them. I won't make it home to talk to them. And in any of their cases, that could be catastrophic for them because in in their cases, I'm pretty much the only one really fighting to get them some form of stability and to be a part of their life and show them that they matter. 
this verdict today gives me a, just this little smidgen of hope that maybe not every time, you know, we get stopped, we won't make it home. I mean, obviously I've made it home, but there's always that fear. Maybe this will serve as a warning to some of them that, hey, maybe instead of, you know, pulling out my damn gun, I should mind my damn business if there's nothing actually going wrong or use a taser or try talking. You know, any of these things that apparently they don't, people like Derek Chauvin don't know how to do. And... It's really kind of an emotional day for for myself because, again, I mean, fear is life for me. I'm a black bisexual male in America. It's like double or triple the fucking reasons for me not to make it home. I can be killed for the color of my skin. I can be killed because of my sexuality. I can be refused medical help, you know, because of my sexuality, because that's a, a law that's being attempted to be passed in several places. This, for me, was just, today was shocking, because I, we really, myself and several other people I know, we were expecting not guilty verdicts. We were expecting this motherfucker to walk we were expecting no justice to be had because we didn't get it in any other case, no matter what was on video. No matter what evidence was presented, it, it was fucked up, it was bungled. We had prosecutors not willing to do their jobs. George Zimmerman still breathes and walks, which is an offense to us. And, and not only does he breathe and walk, he does shit like sign guns and does shows and, and is profiting off our pain. I just saw an article that said that one of the officers in the Breonna Taylor situation is getting ready to release a book. He's getting ready to profit off of our pain. And we are so used to that that when we finally reach a day like today where we get the verdict that we fucking knew we should have gotten because there was plenty of evidence there and you had to be a complete idiot to think otherwise, and I will maintain that argument, by the way, so I'm not really the one to come argue, oh, well, George Floyd this, he deserved this, he did drugs, he did this, I don't give a shit. So, just in case you're one of those that listens and happens to think, oh, I'm going to argue this point, don't. If you want to send in a voice clip arguing the point, I might put you on the show, but only so that myself and several others can lambast the fuck out of you. Don't, don't, don't go that way. We expected Derek Chauvin to walk. Majority of us. When we, when they said they had reached a verdict, but they didn't tell us what it was, all through my social media, we're all like, well, shit, we all know how this goes. We know what's coming. We know what the reality is. You know, that really he is guilty, but we thought that the reality we were going to have to face is that they were going to find him not guilty because... When the hell have we ever been shown that our lives were valued in any way, shape, or form here? Especially with these cases with the police, you know. And before anyone comes and says, well, what about, you know, when you say stuff like Black Lives Matter, but do, you, do, do they matter to your own 
race. My response to you is, do they matter to yours? Most murders are committed same race on same race, you stupid fucks. Don't give me that black on black crime crap to try to deflect from the fact that we get killed generally by white people because we exist, because our skin tone is different, because of stereotypes that may be accurate or may not that make them jealous or whatever the hell the argument they might make. I don't believe in that particular argument of, oh, well, you know, black on black crime is this. Okay, well, how come there's only a term for black on black crime, but not white on white crime, Asian on Asian crime, you know, uh, Mexican on Mexican, Puerto Rican on Puerto Rican. Do you see how fucking stupid that sounds? When you put any other race or nationality in there and, and, give it that label, it sounds stupid, right? That's why it sounds stupid when you talk to us about black on black crime. And I come from St. Louis where our city is riddled with crime apparently and every fucking day I'm seeing shootings and they are getting worse. And yes, there are problems where the kids are getting caught up in it and all of that and I get that. But that doesn't erase the hatred that the white community seems to have in its nature against us as black people. They're separate issues. We can be concerned with all of them at the same time. Please learn to fucking multitask, by the way. But to get back a little bit more on topic, now that we have this verdict, I understand we have to wait to see how they sentence him on those three charges. And the max sentence on them is fairly hefty. He will basically never fucking get out of jail if they give him the max sentence on all three. Can I honestly say that I expect them to give him the max sentence? No. No, I really don't. But I hope. And the fact that they found him guilty at all is a step in the right direction. It is a message from at least one court that says, you know, black people are human, their lives do matter, and cops aren't supposed to be executioners of anyone. You know, there, there's one thing where you can argue legitimate self-defense, you know, someone shooting at you, so you have to fire back. Okay, but that wasn't the case here. You kneeled on a man's neck for over nine and a half minutes. And you did it on camera, knowing full well what you were doing. So, there's a bit of relief. And again, this comes from me as a black male who's always been worried about this for myself. And having a son who's 17 going on 18 now, who has been racially profiled repeatedly, but one was just last year. You know, I'm having to go get him out of jail and he ha he literally hadn't done anything other than sit in the car and listen to music on a parking lot in apparently the wrong area of town to be sitting in a car listening to music while black. There's a sense of vindication has it just proves a point. We're not wrong when we tell you this. And don't get me mistaken with those that are in the actual organization, Black Lives Matter. 
there's the organization, but there's the actual concept behind it, and the concept is what I'm concerned with. The fact that for so long our lives have not mattered to anyone, and they still don't. And I come from a red state. Apparently I'm in a red state now. I didn't realize Arizona was as fucking Republican as apparently it is, or borderline on stupid anyway. So... The areas I've lived in, and then I, you know, I briefly lived in North Carolina, and in all of these areas, our lives really didn't feel like they mattered. You know, it's a step. We have so much more that we know we need to focus on, but we have to take this one moment in time to just take a sigh of relief and and feel that little bit of vindication that yes, finally, someone somewhere fucking understands. You can't just keep killing us this way. And let's be real. They probably averted a a lot of rioting with this one. And I am not one of the people that tells people not to riot. I am one of the people that, while I'm not going to go riot myself because I have shit to do and responsibilities, I have kids I need to make it home to, I support it when it's called for. And if you ask, well, when is it called for? when we're not being heard. Change does not tend to come about peacefully. As much as, you know, people would love to tell the rioters, well, Dr. King wouldn't have done it that way. We're not Dr. King, nor are we trying to be. We are tired. We are tired of not being treated as equals. We're tired of not being treated as humans. We are tired of burying our own simply for the fact that they exist, for stupid shit. We're tired of burying our children for playing with toy guns and they happen to be black, but if a white boy does the same, they can they game the fucker at the damn cop and won't get in trouble. We get tired of all this notice being put on what little might be wrong with one of us when we do die, but when there is a white mass shooter, you make every excuse in the world for him. And let's be clear, I understand mental health and mental disorders. I have a major in psychology, so I believe in that. However, I just find it funny how so often that is never you know, brought up for us. You know, anything that we do, we're just horrible. We're horrible humans. We're animals or thugs or whatever the fuck you want to call us. But when a white guy goes into a fucking school and shoots seven children or whatever, oh, well, they had an abusive childhood and uh, they're bipolar and they're, you know, schizophrenic and what the fuck ever else y'all come up with. Guess what, sweetie? Black people have mental disorders, too. I suffer from bipolar disorder myself. That doesn't give me a pass. Plenty of us do, but we don't get a pass for shit. We don't even get to get brought in alive for simple shit. Wasn't Sandra Bland's uh, reason for being stopped a broken taillight or some shit? We can't even have a mechanical problem that we can survive being brought in for. But the white mass shooters can go shoot up a a fucking school, a church, and 
office buildings and whatever else, and they get brought in alive, totally alive. This is the reality of what we deal with. So today, finally, there was no excuse. There was no he. There was no argument. Oh, he was in fear for his life. The cop definitely fucking wasn't. There was no. Oh well. Any anything that you brought up, that was brought up about George Floyd's past, whether it be true, not true, speculative, proven, I don't give a shit. Today was a point proven that okay, yeah, he can just because he did all these things in the past did not mean that this officer was entitled to execute him publicly by kneeling on his neck for nine and a half minutes. At least in this one court, at least in this one situation, we are finally told, yes, your life mattered. No, this white man should not have done this to you. And yes, we were going to punish him for it. And I'm going to reflect a little bit because I did watch the verdict live. I didn't watch the whole trial live, but I did watch this fucking verdict live. And I want to kind of harp on the fact that when I looked at Derek Chauvin, he looked like he was just so sure of himself before the verdict was read. He looked like he just knew, okay, this shit's going to be over and I'm going to go and get me another job and uh, I'm going to be free and, and this was all going to get swept under the rug. So that look on his face when he got that fucking guilty verdict was absolutely priceless because he was legitimately shocked. He legitimately, you can tell if you watched his facial expressions and his body language, he legitimately thought he was going to get off. He thinks or thought he was in the right. And so when he got told, you know, guilty on all three counts, he didn't know what the fuck to do with himself. And then to make matters worse for him, they revoked his bond. You know, so he has to actually go into immediate custody. He doesn't get to go home and say goodbye to his family. He got escorted out of the court in cuffs. And we take a bit of pleasure out of that because he doesn't deserve to be comfortable. He doesn't deserve to get to go home and have some tearful fucking farewell with his kids. No, fuck you, asshole, because you didn't give George Floyd that right. You deserve what you get. He deserves to go straight into prison. And he deserves to sit there. He deserves to rot. I'm not going to, I don't think death penalty is on the table for this. And I wouldn't argue the benefits or not of that. That's not what I'm here for. Today, for me, as a black male, is just satisfying to see that. George Floyd got justice in this case. Now, we may revise that idea depending on how they sentence him, but I would hope that they're not going to give him some light-ass sentence. I would hope that he ends up in jail for the rest of his life, however long or short that might be, considering he's a cop going to prison. I hope that an example is made. I hope that this furthers our initiative and furthers the idea that in this country we need change. That 
at some point, my children won't have to live as I live, where you're really secretly constantly in fear for your life because, again, the, the cops kill us. You know, living in fear based solely off the fact that you were born this way, whether it's your race, your sexuality, your sexual identity, whatever, it's taxing. This takes an enormous mental toll on us. Do you know how hard it is for us as black people, not just as the men, but the women too, for us to watch any of the videos that come out when we watch our, our brothers and sisters gunned down or, you know, secretly killed in prison or whatever, you know, the case may be. When the videos are recorded, so the video of George Floyd being killed is one that I cannot watch in its entirety because I am so tired. So fucking tired. You know, too many videos, you know, have been shown of brothers, sisters, children being gunned down by police for bullshit. You know, Eric Gardner, you know, and then thankfully there's no video of the Breonna Taylor situation, but if there were, I wouldn't be able to watch it. Like, it is mentally taxing and draining to watch any of these videos, and there are so many of them, and there are names that I'm forgetting right off the top of my head because I'm bad at names, don't judge me. But the videos, and they always circulate, and they circulate for days, weeks, months, years, all across the internet. They live on, and I have to point out that I have to think that those are exceptionally hard for the family of the victims to deal with. You know, you can't even fucking log on Facebook without seeing your son, your brother, your husband, your boyfriend, your nephew, grandson, granddaughter, daughter, whatever, gunned down, dead, their body laying in the street for hours. You know, and I saw the video of the kid, I think in Chicago, that got shot and they tried to argue, oh, well, he had a gun, and then you see the video, and no, the fuck he didn't. And whatever that other case was where the cop says she mistook her damn pistol for her taser. I can't watch those videos. It is damaging to our mental health. The videos have, I understand why they have to circulate because we need the proof. But when you also are of the nationality of the person that's being killed in the video and you realize at any fucking moment this could be you, you can't really watch those videos. Not very often, not very much. You might watch it the first time out of a morbid curiosity or just to be able to, you know, once again say you fuck with shot an unarmed person or you fuck with just, you know, shot this person for no reason. And but it gets tiring. And I have been so tired over the past several years. You know, I was there in St. Louis during the Mike Brown incident, and I did not go down because of my children at the time. And but I was around for the Ferguson riots, you know, and all that it entailed. And 
that was draining, just being in the city. Just being anywhere in St. Louis City and County was extremely draining during that time because there's tension, there's a spotlight on our area, on our home, that I've been there a long time before because that problem wasn't new. The, the racism in, in the Ferguson Police Department wasn't new to any of us that had lived there. But when you, you know, and that's just one that I'm thinking of, but even just looking at the videos of, of the others and you get tired. And for myself, each time one of these happens, I have to step away from social media because the video just goes around and around and no one takes consideration for, okay, you know, these people have family that probably have social media. I don't think that the way that they want to remember their loved one is in their final moments. Begging for their life or, you know, being shot while reaching for a wallet or being, you know, shot while walking down the fucking street in a hoodie and you just happen to be black with a Mountain Dew Skittles or whatever in your pocket or a tea, whatever the fuck it was. Nobody wants to remember that. I don't think any of us want to remember that as those final moments. We don't want those immortalized. So... And they get passed around and then, you know, for myself, I already suffer from depression. And then I'm already concerned. My, my every move for years now has been centered around my children and, you know, what needs to be done for them. And especially with my oldest one, because he is older and he is more independent and he's hard-headed as fuck. There's a constant fear every time I turn around, every time my phone rings there's a underlying fear that I'm getting a call that my son won't make it home this night. Especially when I see the phone call, like when it's a private number and it's three o'clock in the fucking afternoon and I know it's a cop calling me. And it's, it's one of those things that we just know. And, in, and I know my kid and not to say he's an angel because he's fucking not. But each time I get that call from St. Louis County Police Department, it's always County Brown that gets him. There is a fear that in reality, I'm getting a call that I'm coming to collect a damn body and not just to pick my son up and yell at him. And each time that I've had this occasion with him where I am coming to pick him up to yell at him, there's a sense of relief. So the yelling doesn't even start because I'm just like, he made it home. Don't get me wrong. He always gets yelled at later because if he got stopped for something that was legitimately his fault, fuck you. We're getting we're getting yelled at. But in the immediate moment of getting him, it's just like, okay, my kid is alive. He was arrested without incident, and he's out and he's home. And it's really a sad state of affairs that this is how we live. This is how I live. This is how I raise my kids and not by choice. This is just how I'm forced to deal with it. You know, with my middle child, when he had his incident that got him moved from one of the residential homes he was in, which has led to a series of other moves afterwards. When he was finally removed from juvenile detention and placed in a facility so that I could see him, my discussion with him centered around having to explain to him that he is black and because he's black the police are not going to give a fuck next time that you are autistic that you don't fully understand the consequences of your actions because they don't see 
a special needs child in front of them, they see a fairly big black male, which technically my son is very light skinned because he's mixed. So in reality, he's mixed. But if you're mixed, you're black. That's just how it fucking goes here. I mean, he clearly has more color to him. So you can tell he's definitely not Caucasian entirely. So that's what they see. And in his particular incident, which did involve a gun, which thankfully had safety on it, he didn't know how to take it off. But my conversation afterwards is letting him know under any other circumstance, in any other place, I would be coming to bury you, not to talk to you because you wouldn't have made it out alive. These are the talks that I have to have with my children, even with the younger one, when he has had some rather extreme issues uh, on occasion at school or at daycare. I've had to explain to him, dude, if, if cops get involved, things get messy for us. You are a little black child. And unfortunately, it's very hard to explain to them how our lives don't really matter to the cops because they should, but they don't. So, that's that's the reality that we face in raising our sons. And I listen to some of my friends who, one of my friends is extremely nervous to let her 17-year-old son begin driving a car by himself. And I understand that fear. There's nothing you can say to rationalize to her well, you know, he'll be fine because no, that's not the reality that we live in. The reality that we live in is that our children can be stopped for absolutely no reason just because they perceive that you're not white and they felt like fucking with you that day and you might not make it home. I mean, it, the pettier ones just load you up with tickets that don't have any real fucking standing or basis, but... Honestly, that's if you're lucky. You know, we can be beaten, we can be killed, and history has shown us that it won't fucking matter, that we won't get justice up until today. Up until this verdict, that is all that we have seen. And this will not fully alleviate our fears. There, it's not, you know, we have this moment to breathe a sigh of relief, but then the work has to continue from here. And... I mean, that, that's just the reality. Like, one of the less fun incidents I've had with some of my children has been simply because when we don't know where they are as black parents, we panic in a way different way than white parents do. There is that fear that every parent has sometimes that, oh, somebody snatched my child, but that's not the fear that we as black parents in today's generation really have as much as often now. We are more afraid, not that some random pedophile serial killer snatched our children, we are more afraid, I think, that they were stopped by the cops. And if you wonder why, well, Serial killers can get caught. And when they are caught, they tend to get punished. But cops, on the other hand, make excuses and get off with nothing. 
maybe a slap on the wrist. Even if they lose their job, they they still, you know, get shit like their pension and all that. That's what we're used to. So that is our fear more often than not. That's where our mind, especially nowadays, especially when we have older children, our teenagers that want to go out and be independent, which they should be allowed to do to an extent, that's our biggest fear with them. And it needs to change. We, today we celebrate, but tomorrow we have to remember there's more work to do. And we want justice, not just for George Floyd. I realize, unlike some other people, that we are unlikely to get the, the form of justice that you would want for the older cases. Because there's that wonderful little thing called double jeopardy. We need some people to learn that one. So we know that anybody that's already been tried and cleared is not going to get another trial because they were, they, they, they were cleared, sweetie. Unfortunately, we're fucked on those. But there are other things that could be done. They could at the very least make sure that these cops that did this never work for a police company again. We could make sure that somebody like George Zimmerman, I mean, personally speaking, I'd rather he fall off the face of the earth, but barring that, you could hound him to the ends of society, make sure that he's known and not celebrated because what he did wasn't worth fucking celebrating. You shot a child, you little asshole. There's more to be done. That's the point. And today we celebrate... We will, you know, wait for the sentencing, which I believe the judge said was in eight weeks and that they would give a date through paperwork, which is probably so that, you know, we'll just find out when the sentencing actually happens, not, um, you know, beforehand. So I just wanted to talk a little bit on that one, and I, I took a bit of time out of my work day to do this particular recording because I did not want to stew too long before I did it, and I would have loved to have done this as, as a live show, but I needed somebody to do a live show with, and I didn't have fucking time to wait on anybody. However, I would love some voice messages and some feedback to do as a follow-up. You know, how is everyone else on my side feeling, you know, in the, in America, I mean, and for whatever foreign listeners I have, how are you guys looking at us as we celebrate this? You know, are you confused? Do you understand? Are you kind of like, we are like, finally, somebody does something that makes fucking sense over there. I would love some feedback. Um, overall right now though, my feeling is relief and a bit of happiness and just a small smidgen of hope that maybe things will finally move in the right direction. Okay, so at this point, I think I've pretty much summed up all of my thoughts on this for now. I am, I'm pretty sure I will revisit this when we get to the sentencing to see how many of my emotions still remain the same and how many, you know, how badly it pisses me off to be quite perfectly honest 
Um, and in the event that one of my, you know, listeners or someone wants to be a guest and wants to do a live show over, you know, on stereo to further delve into this, um, I'm open to that one. Um, obviously I'm not to be all end all here. I just really wanted to express the jumble of thoughts that go through or went through my mind as we finally got this guilty verdict. Um, and again, I do want feedback. I, I want as much feedback as I can get. So, it, you know, on Anchor, it gives you the option to leave me a voice message. Uh, if you want to chime in, I can expand on the topic and respond to that or just include it in the next show. If you, uh, as I said, if you want to, you know, be on the show with me, we can record one here on Anchor or we can do a live one on stereo. Does not matter to me. Um, I do love my live shows, though, that, that allows the fan interaction that you've heard in some of the previous shows. But let me know how folks are feeling, you know, white, black, whatever. How are you feeling now? Just be warned if you decide to say some dumb shit that you, you you're going to get flamed. You're going to get everything you had coming to you if what you said is in any way insensitive to the situation. But I do welcome, you know some feedback and some other viewpoints or, you know, other people's feelings on the situation. Um, that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and just wrap this up here. Y'all know the drill. If to send me feedback, send it to me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Draco's Den spell the same way as the podcast or on my website, use the contact me form, uh, Draco's or you leave a voice message here on anchor that allows me to plug it into the show and, you know, respond to your response. And if you feel the need to send me multiple or just, you know, you want to do a really long recording for some reason, then I mean, go for it, I guess. Send it to me on my website. That being said, everybody stay safe out there. You know, COVID is still a thing. Y'all know the drill, wear your mask, all that, even if you've been vaccinated. And I will talk to you when I come up with the next topic for the next show. Thank you.